Welcome to another episode of the Classic Car Corner Podcast. Our guests this evening are owners of a 1941 Chevy pickup, and it comes with a very interesting story. But first, these words from our sponsor. Jason, you have cars? Yes. You have a lot. You have with your boys, Mm -hmm. wife, you, your collection. Mm -hmm. John's got a bunch. I've got a couple. And today's podcast podcast we've done this before today's podcast is sponsored by springdale automotive the next generation car care locally owned professionally operated whatever you drive we service domestic euro hybrid electric classics diesel springdale's classic car services include maintenance repair and diagnostics with four convenient neighborhood locations how may they be of service and when you reach out to them tell them you heard about us Heard about them from the Classic Car Corner podcast. There you go. I'm Jason Painter, and co-hosting today is John Lockhart and Eric Benzel, and we welcome Bridget and James Lippman. We are so glad to have you guys join us here tonight. Thank you so much. And so we're going to begin with this 1941 Chevy and how you acquired this truck. Sure. So I'm Bridget. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Um, the Chevy has a pretty good story, and it goes back a while. So... My dad has always been a car guy, and he's always involved me in his his car hobby. Um, we'll call it a hobby. It was also his career. So he was a frame guy. Mm-hmm. I have seen my dad fix a car with a two-by-four and a blow dryer before. <laughs> you got you. <laughs> wow. right. That kind of guy. Um, so I was always crawling around in the junkyard growing up, just always involved, always saw everything, and... When I met James many, many years ago, we sort of found that this was a shared love of ours, and we both really liked those older, iconic trucks, the -hmm. the huge fenders, the big grills, the ones you can't forget. Mm -hmm. So James and I were together for 10 years before we got married. Really put in the time. Uh, but <laughs> Make I, sure it's going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> really had to commit to it. But, but I have to give this a preface because when I usually tell people this, they're like, you did what? So before we got married, I called my dad and I said, I'd really like to gift James a truck for our wedding. And I'd like it to, I want it to be dramatic. I want you to drop me off at the end of the aisle with the truck keys in the hand. Oh. First time he's ever seen it and hand over the keys. Nice. Yes. So, you know, also, here's my daughter. You can marry her as well. (laughs) You got yourself quite a catch there, Mm -hmm. James. (laughs) That's why it comes with the, we we had a a decade together before he got the truck as well. So I called my dad. I said, I need a truck. I need something with big fenders, a big shiny grill. I don't really know what, what make, what model, but I think I haven't narrowed it down. And so he said, I know exactly what you're looking for. Give me a few weeks. Let me see what I can find. I gave him a budget. And I said, you know, we're not getting married for another year or two, so take your time. Mm-hmm. It just gives me a little bit more time to save up, right? He called me back four days later. He said, I found it. I was like, oh. <laughs> that was quick. Okay. Right. Well, you know, what is it? Tell me about it. And he said, well, I already bought it. I said, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's a relevant question. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So tell me a little bit more about it then. Uh, so he said it's 1941 Chevy. Um, he said it's exactly what you're looking for. It came from a photographer's studio out of northern Kentucky. It was originally licensed here in Louisville, Kentucky, moved up there, and this guy disassembled it, put the front end in a photo studio, and had 
you know, girls climbing all over it, fog machine, the neon lights, full-blown 80s photo shoots. Sounds like a white snake video. Yes. yes. <laughs> all right. On the hood of this truck that was, you know, my wedding gift to my husband. So we found this beautiful truck, the front end at least, and then he had to go out to this guy's bar and pull out all the other pieces. So he bought it, but he kind of bought it disassembled. Mm-hmm. Um, so over about a year and a half before our wedding, he pieced it all together. It was very much a, a joint effort. So I'd be online Googling parts and I'd have them shipped to his house in Northern Kentucky and he would put it all together in his backyard. And I told him, dad, it just has to run. More importantly, it has to stop. That's it. <laughs> That's all I ask of you. So sure enough, we got it to the point where it would most of the time run mm-hmm. and usually stop. Uh, my cousin Brandon helped us tow it down from Cincinnati for our wedding, and that was probably the first time I got to see it all put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did have the keys. We had a little keychain made up for James that said to have and to haul. You know. Oh, oh nice. That's awesome. right. There you go. And on the morning of our wedding, I gave him a little box, a little gift, um, had the keychain, had the keys in there, and it was kind of like, hmm. What's this? I think he had an idea that something big was coming, and it was one of those things where I had to tell him, like, hey, I made a purchase for a wedding gift. It was probably a little bit more than I should have, considering (laughs) the fact that we're paying for the wedding, too, but just want you to know that something big is coming. Mm-hmm. So he was like, you know, what could be something that has to come with a <laughs> like a financial warning attached to it? <laughs> right. So that's sort of the whole backstory. And, and sure enough, we got it there to the wedding and we piled in. And on the wedding day, my dad drove me down to the aisle and dropped me off. It's the first time I got to to ride in it. And I, you know, he opened the door for me. I climbed in and he puts his hand on the gear knob and he looks at me and he said, Mexico? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. He's like, no, Dad, let's just go. go." That's a fantastic story. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, And the brakes worked. Brakes worked. You didn't have it. I'll be right back. Yeah, it was more of a rolling stop, but we were good. It was in the grass. Awesome. That is so (laughs) so cool. So what have you found to be the most challenging about this truck or with this truck? I'll let James take this one. So uh, he did do some slight modifications to the truck after we gifted it to him, but that's a gift, right? Mm -hmm. You know, he Mm -hmm. gets to do whatever he wants with it. So James made some modifications, and I know that modernizing something of that age was definitely a struggle. And I know, and you might be thinking of something different, but I know when I think about the modifications, I think a lot about the size of the truck. Um, the size of the engine compartment and how everything could fit together into something that was that old um, was we heard a lot of complaints about that. We get a lot of comments <laughs> when people see what's inside of it. So gotcha. Well, I can't wait to hear. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, that's right. Here you go. Yeah. Hey guys, um, thanks for having us here. Super, oh, super exciting to meet yeah, you, you guys. And, Glad you're here and uh, have the opportunity to tell this story. So the most challenging thing about the truck um just in general with the 40s truck is the i feel like the parts availability mm-hmm. so we did something i feel like pretty radical that i'll elaborate on here a little bit but um the the aftermarket support doesn't really seem to be there for the early 40s models that there there is for the 50s um you can just do a, a lot of things for the trucks in the in the 50s and the later years that mm-hmm. that um 
there's just not a ton of these things on the road. Um, so that's probably the, the more challenging thing, which I think edged us down the, the path that we went. Having to um, retrofit almost everything. Yeah. Yep. Well, and that's, and that's a good point to make because I know we've had a lot of custom cars and older 50s cars and 50s and 60s, and there's been a lot of support and remanufactured parts and everything. But 40s, you know, we don't have too many 40s. You've got mm. a 40. 39. 39 Oldsmobile. And so I guess, and you've had issues with parts. Yeah. And so it's, that's a good point to bring out to most of our listeners that we're in a decade before most everybody had remanufactured parts coming in. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so how stock, now, you since you started making modifications to it, how stock is it now and kind of leading into some of these, where, where'd you start? What was some of your first modifications, like a tape deck or? <laughs> no, it'd be um, no. A- eight track first. <laughs> eight track first, then the tape deck. Right. We're going <laughs> to update it to the 70s, right. and then right. we're going to bring it to the 80s. All right. All right. Um, so we, way more radical than that. Um, we really hot-rodded this thing out. Nice. Um, one of the first things we did was we just tried to enjoy it a little bit. It took some time to get out and drive it around. Um, but this thing had the inline six in it. Mm-hmm. It had a three-speed, drum brakes all the way around, no power steering. Mm-hmm. It was a top speed of 40 miles an hour, yeah. maybe 45. So it was kind of like driving a tractor around town. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so one of the things that we wanted to do first was we, we wanted to modernize it. We had some goals. So we wanted to be able to take it on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted, um, wanted it to be safe. Um, and so we looked at doing a lot of different things. We actually, uh, partnered up with a shop here in Louisville called Tachyon Performance. Mm-hmm. That's in my neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Cool. Good guys down there. They actually handled a lot of the modif- all the modifications that okay. we did to this truck, but we went and we sat down with them and we told them what we wanted. Um, and we had, we had kind of settled on, uh, an iron block LS, you know, something out of maybe like a more modern Tahoe had fuel injection, mm-hmm. uh, dependable LS platform, a lot mm-hmm. of aftermarket support oh, for yeah. those types right. of vehicles. Absolutely. Yep. A lot of, a lot of tribal and community knowledge. Um, and, w- and we kind of had that lined up. I went through and, um, identified a lot of the things that we wanted to do that we were just going to tackle all at once. Um, and I'm at work one day and I'm going to give a quick shout out to my old work partner, Craig Knight, son of. Pat Knight. Oh, right. Yep. There you go. Yep. Right. Good friends yep. of the show. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So you can imagine we put in 40 hours, but we probably only worked 10, and then we talked hot rods for yep. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, but we're, we're on, our, on our break, you know, not during work, on our break, we're talking hot yep. rods, and, and Craig slides over. He says, hey, have you heard about these guys at Cleveland Power and Performance? I was like, no. He's like, dude, you should put this in your truck. And he flips out his phone, and he shows me a picture, and it's a turnkey drivetrain pallet out of a 95 dodge viper wow oh, wow and i was wow. like what send me that link <laughs> right now <laughs> wow so that's what you've got under the hood of this thing. that's what we've got in there it's a v10 uh-huh. v10 viper nice. yeah things things spiraled out of control fast i got you i got you right right <laughs> yeah right. if you're gonna be a bear be a grizzly yeah that's right that's there you go <laughs> i mean well that's said awesome so with an engine like that i'm saying you got to beef up your obviously your transmission your brakes suspension suspension yep. all that keep going yeah it's a vortex of just hot rod yes yeah. yeah. right. gotcha. gotcha i love gotcha. resto mods by so, the way yeah, so. they're, they're awesome 
we um, we called Cleveland Power Performance. We talked to these guys. You say, hey, what can you tell us? And and they're a good outfit up there. They they offer um, they put it on a turnkey pallet, and essentially you can hook a battery to it and turn it on. You know, oh, since wow. it's a video of it running, they compression test them. Um, give give you a six month warranty if you can get it in there and get it running. You know, <laughs> within six months, months. they're good. Um, <laughs> But we talked to them, figured out what it would take to get it down here. And our next phone call was back to Tachyon and said, hey, I know we talked to Iron Block LS, but is this doable? Um, so these guys said, let us do some research to, and we'll let you know. Right. You know. So they called back and they said, hey, I think this is doable. You know, The dimensions say that you know it can be done. How serious are you? And I was like, well, we're shipping it to you. I got you. Yeah, we're, okay. we're 100% yeah. serious. It's coming right. your way. Yep. How about um, that? So we, we bought it, and the commitment was made. Um, as far as kind of some of the other things that, that cascaded from that, um, there weren't a whole lot of changes that we had to make. Mm-hmm. So the Iron Block LS, the weight of, of that outfit, engine transmission with the Iron Block, versus uh, RT10 and the first-gen Dodge Viper, those blocks are aluminum. Mm-hmm. So what I understand is Chrysler collaborated a lot with the engineers from Lamborghini, and they cast that block out of aluminum. So we were actually able to use a Mustang II front end. Okay. We were able to use the same independent suspension, adjustable coilovers all the way around that we were planning on using. There you go. Um, is it the, lowered, obviously? It's, it's yep. lowered. Okay. Yeah, a little yep. bit. Um, disc brakes, what we did is we actually looked at the specs for the, the Dodge Viper, mm-hmm. and then we – Pared that down an inch in the front and pared that down an inch in the back. So we're almost as big disc brakes all the way around as what came on the Viper. Oh, be darn. And I bet you, with it being a 41 Chevy truck, you probably still have plenty of room under the hood, (laughs) even with the V10, am I right? Well, we had to get it in there by using snake oil, you know. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I got you. Right, yep. No, that that was probably the most challenging technical piece of this whole endeavor. And those guys down at Tachyon did a great job. This guy named Stuart. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, actually they took the entire front assembly off. So the core support and all that stuff, wow. Stuart specked out mm-hmm. where all the mounts needed to be for the grill, for the fenders, um, and everything. And there's a, kind of a custom assembly on the front that houses the radiator. And we were able to use a lot of parts. They put that RT10 in some later model pickup trucks. Okay. So we we're actually able to use the motor mounts. Out of the, I got you. The right. like early two thousands, I think, Dodge pickup truck motor mounts, and also the drive shaft did some modifications to make that accept the rear end. Gotcha. Nice. Isn't that cool? It's packed in there. Yep. But it fires right up. Yeah. Yep. That is so awesome. Well, I bet it takes right off too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Once That's you get the wheels from stop spinning, right? Right. Then you exactly. get some traction. Well, we're going to take a quick moment and ask our listeners to please check out our sponsor, G.D. Herring. G.D. Herring provides options on insuring not only your classic car, but for all of your collectibles. Please check them out at gdherring.com. And we're talking with Bridget and James Lipman uh, with their 1941 Chevy. And uh, have you entered it in any shows? Have you won any awards? We've entered a couple shows. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we've been one of our... Um, Favorite shows, one, one that we really like is Beatersville. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's our crowd, you know, kind of the Frankenstein build. Yep, gotcha. You know, guys doing some radical stuff. It's got a lot of patina to it, if I remember seeing it the... Does, yeah, yeah, right, gotcha, right, yep. Um, we are regulars at the Street Rod Nationals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So, yep. Um, we've also done, or uh, I guess show-wise, we've, um, we've done a couple other shows. 
what I, I'm trying to think of the name of the other one, but um, we've also been uh, on the hot rod power tour. So the truck, when we built this thing, right? So it was gifted to us. We tried to enjoy it for a little bit. It was more like driving a tractor than it was like driving a truck. So we do this build. Um, and when we first got the truck roadworthy, um, one of the things I wanted to do was take it on the hot rod power tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is in 2019. And um, the power tour is like a multi-stop event. And um, they did NASCAR tracks the year that we went. And so uh, the plan was to go down, jump in with these guys, meet in Bristol, Tennessee, do the show there, um, stay the night, drive to the next stop, which is in Sparta, stay the night, drive to the next stop, which is in Indy. And then mm-hmm. those guys kept going and gotcha. got chilled off and had to get back to work and pay the bill. <laughs> <in this truck. laughs> right, right. I got you. You got to have a job me. to pay for gas. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nowadays you do, for well, sure. So Craig says it's not about miles per gallon. It's about smiles per gallon. There you go. There you go. Amen to that, right? Well, that should be on the back window. Smiles per gallon. I like it. Anything over a V8, don't ask about the mileage. <laughs> You're just going to make us depressed. <laughs> right. Okay? Just, just, just say it's, it's fun. We like it. Now, is there any um, – how's – because everything is now custom in it. So you've got this, this, this is suspension, the engine, power plane, power train. How's the steering in it? What, how did you work out the steering in that? I figured you can't just use the same thing. <laughs> yep. So a lot of the suspension stuff we sourced from a, a company called Total Cost Involved Engineering. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, – we used a Mustang II front-end sub-assembly with power steering mm-hmm. you know, built in. So we were able to use the power steering pump, um, and, and all that came with it. So you got a Mustang front end, a Dodge Viper. There's a whole lot of cults of personality That's going right. on there. That is awesome. So what makes it unique and fun. Awesome. Right, right. Now, do you have people, when you when they look at it, they, when you tell them that, they'll like, do a double take at it going, really? You didn't just stick with one brand? How could you not do that? I'm like, it seems in the nature of a 40s truck that – Hey, if it if, if that sounds like something my grandfather would do, hey, it fits, it works. That's what we're going with. It. So, what kind of reactions have you had with folks about with that? It's all over the map. I, I, most people, I think, are excited about the build. It's different, mm-hmm. you know, uh, different than what you'll see. I'm certain that there's kind of some some purists that um, maybe wouldn't own it themselves, but. Um, <laughs> It's a high fun factor. Right. You know, I, th- I think it's one of those things that's just kind of cool to see that it works. Right. Well, speaking of the pure side of it, I mean, the, the parts that you took out of the truck, do you still have those parts? Of, like the original engine and all that good stuff? No. <laughs> okay, no. All right. hey, it's all right. Yeah, it is what it is. All right. I got you. Yep. It got you. Well, not, they're not going to revert it back to what well, it Well, no, but, but, but I mean, you know, somebody might say, well, where's the original engine? Tra-? You know, the numbers matching stuff. Who would ask that? Uh, I'm asking because I'm not, I, I'm learning from you. So yeah. Do people usually remodel their trucks and cars and then they keep all the old parts on it? Of course. Absolutely. They're for the next build. Yep. That's right. (laughs) Okay. Yep. All right. right. Because at first I was sitting there going, why? (laughs) But I got to make, okay. That makes sense. I hope to see this thing out in uh, the car shows this spring. Do y'all take it to like cars and coffee or, um, Yes, absolutely. We take the truck everywhere. Um, if it's a nice day outside and we're going to dinner, we take it to dinner. If I buy a piece of furniture, I go pick it up with the truck. That's what it's there for. Right. We drive it. Um, yep. and we drive it around the neighborhood. We take it to the nationals. We 
We have a whole sort of tailgate setup situation at the Nationals. We always do a big shrimp boil. Um, you know, the truck is great for that. And one of the cool things about the truck, it does have that original patina, which is just incredible to see. It actually says on the side, Kentucky Farm Truck has an outline of the state of Kentucky on it, which is unbelievable right. to find and, and perfect. And we love it. So it's clear coated, but the original patina. And it's one of the only cars or vehicles at these shows that people can touch. Um, I actually have to climb on the fenders to open the hood for these shows, which always goes over really well <laughs> at the car shows. But, you know, there's kids come out and they want to sit in the truck and they want to honk the horn and they want to stand on the seats and it's fine. It's yeah. fine. So we use it all the time. We take it everywhere. We take it to shows. Um, we drive it around for fun. I actually take it to photo shoots every now and then because it looks really cute on a Christmas card. There so, you, go. Right. you know, nobody has to know what's underneath the hood. Do you right. put the Christmas wreath on the front hood? Yes. Seasonally? Yeah. <laughs> Christmas wreath on the front hood. I think we're going to do a whole tree in the back this year. Yeah. Oh, wow. We're going to expand. We parked it in the front yard for Christmas and strung it with lights all around it. Uh, some of the neighbors thought it was cool. Some of them were like, why'd you park in the front yard? <laughs> <laughs> because it's cool. Yeah, that's right. Do you want me to turn exactly. it on and rev the engine real quick? I'll tell yeah, you. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't like it? Cold start. <laughs> there you go. Now, is there any... Uh, I know we were going to ask. Is there anything that you do in particular to protect the patina on it and then the bed? So on the bed, what have you done on the bed? Have you put like, I know people put like wood slats down or just, or spray liner. I... Yeah, we haven't really done anything special other than her dad originally shot it with a coat of satin clear mm -hmm. to preserve the patina, mm -hmm. um, which I think looks really good. It's mm -hmm. not too shiny. It kind of fits the, mm -hmm. the older look and feel. And in the back, it's uh, decking boards. Right, oh, cool. so like decking wood that you would mm -hmm. build a deck behind your house. He just kind of squared them up, so we've, we've got decking in the back. Mess them up, then you got decking wood to put it back. That's out. right. Take a board out, put a new board right. in. There yeah, you go. New ones. That is so cool. So, so obviously, given the sentimental value of this car, it's going to be a keeper. That being said, are there any other future modifications that still need to be performed on this car at this point? There are. I think it. Um, so. The way I explain the evolution of a hot rod, you, you kind of have, we talked about it was like driving a tractor. Um, I think we've got it to where we've done the swap and it runs again. So I would say it's like mule status, right? It does work, <laughs> gets us where we want to go, right? smells bad, makes some noise. Um, and we want to refine it. We want to add some of the additional creature comforts. Gotcha. We want to kind of, you know, I, I would say putting air conditioning in there okay. at some point would be ask, really nice. Okay, right. I would say getting um, a seat that rides a little bit better. This thing's got springs. It, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, okay, there you go, right. Okay, yeah, You're yeah. going down the road. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Watch your head. That's right. That's right. Um, so, so you probably have a smaller steering wheel than the stock one, right? Is it, no, is, so we used a, a big steering wheel out of a 55 Chevy. Okay, so it's, so it's, so it's a, big. a big one. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Do you have the Do you have the little the helper spinner? <laughs> yeah, on that, that, uh, no. For reverse. It's, yeah. You can get leverage on that thing pretty good. Oh, yeah. It's like driving a bus. Right. Right. And I'm sorry. Was column shift? You said. Uh no, it's a six speed. So okay, okay gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So when we got the turnkey pallet, the engine came with the transmission. Okay. From from the Viper, and we okay. use that. Mm -hmm. and gotcha. It's, so it's got the six speed in it. Nice. 
That is great. Oh, so, well, yeah. Right. So it doesn't sound like y'all have had very many issues with this other than having fun, other than some challenges of putting that monster engine in there and things like that. So with this being such a – is it the first kind of custom automobile that y'all have had? Yes. Kind of, sort of, maybe? Yes. Yeah. So do you have anything – on your future list that you might want to uh, look into and kind of do something similar. So next project or things we would do different about next this project. One. Yeah. Next project. So totally, we would get another old truck just like this one, except I would buy a Mustang Cobra motor ah. and we would call our garage, the snake pit. Viper and Cobra. That's right. See, I that? like it. At least you didn't say, yeah, we're going to buy a Dodge Viper. We're going to turn it into a pickup. So that would have been the other way around. But that is so that is too cool. Interesting. And Bridget's going. <sighs> so, Bridget, what is your next <laughs> project? Yeah, let's, let's talk to the boss here. I would love something. We love the practicality of the truck. You know, we use it for everything. I'd love some sort of small, like a, a wagon, something, you know, family friendly. Of course, throw a picnic in the back. Um I'd love a nice old luxury car. I'm building a bigger and bigger garage as we speak. It just, you know, brace yourself for love the cost. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. um, like I'd love an old Jaguar and I've always wanted one. Um, James and I, since we've always been into cars, I feel like something that always happens with car people is they repurchase vehicles. You know, every 30 years they buy the car that they had 30 years ago. So uh, when I was in college, my dad bought me the car that he drove when he was my age, which was a Toyota Supra. So all through college, oh. I know, I drove a Toyota Supra. Um, it was a huge mistake. He regretted it instantly <laughs> when he had to come pick me up off the side of the road all the time. But oh. <laughs> I drove it. My brother drove it. You know, 30 years from now, I might try to track one down and drive it some more. But at the time, I was like, gosh, this is so inconvenient. You know, I have to drive a stick shift and this is so small and I'm in college and there's no room in here. And I always come out of the grocery store and people are ogling my car and I just want to put my groceries in there. And so, you know, I know James has had a lot of cars from, from his youth that I feel like are probably going to come back at some point too. So, and we need to talk about those yeah, James. So, well, so, yeah. so, so, so which one would you want to have back? So if you had cars in the past, which ones are you kind of, I mean, you got the Jaguar. Is there one that, you sit there going, I'm like, I definitely would like that Corolla that I looked at. I mean, <laughs> you know, I've had my fair share of Camrys. I think I'm I'm good on Camrys for a while. I think I went through four or five of them. Um, I know I, that sounds really bad, but they were already on their last. If you if you want to stand up and do the oh what a feeling jump <laughs> and the freeze frame in the air, go right ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. The The Super was a lot of fun, um, but there's nothing in particular. It's just I, I'm one of those people where every time I see a car that somebody has put a lot of time into that they really love that has a good story, it's hard not to fall in love with them. Mm -hmm. um, I love a Bronco, but everybody loves a Bronco right now. Mm -hmm. So maybe someday we'll get a Bronco or uh, something along those lines, mm -hmm. but... But we'll see. We're we're very opportunistic when it comes to our vehicles. We we uh, share the love. Um, I do come from a Corvette family as well, so my I've got an uncle with um, kind of a string of show cars, and we like to keep in touch with those as well. Oh heck yeah! Yeah, oh, that's awesome. James, 
okay let's 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 start down the down the memory lane what 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 have you driven yeah so they're not very cool most of them so i did have a corolla you mentioned and i put two hundred eighty-five thousand miles on that thing there you go right um oh we can go we can start off the list of not cool cars i mean we we've we line (laughs) fun maybe not cool but fun but yeah please maybe why the corolla stings is you guys asked if we had had any other projects before this. And so on a technicality, I said no, because I didn't complete this one. Good. But um, back in the day, I don't know that the hot rod guys will like this, but I had a 95 Nissan 240. Okay. Yep. And I imported this front clip out of Japan of an SR20, you know, DET motor. Mm-hmm. I think it was a red top. Um, I had this thing shipped over here and I was working to swap this turbocharged motor into this 240SX. Uh, and I was in college at the time, and I was driving another not very cool car, a four-door Nissan Sentra. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> that it took a crap on me, mm-hmm. and I needed a new car, and my parents, my mom specifically, bailed me out. But terms of my bailout were that I had to liquidate this project and get more serious and finish school. Gotcha. So I have Come had a four-door on. Nissan Sentra. I've had a four-door Toyota Corolla. I had an almost cool, awesome, turbocharged swapped. 240SX, but never happened. You said that was 95. That was a 95. So non-pop-up headlights in that car. That's right. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, and then I had a 99 F250 Super Duty Power Stroke Diesel. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. Bringing the, bring the heat with that. <laughs> That's right. Bringing the power. Well, I took my driver's test in a 1980 Toyota Corolla, and if I could find that car today... Uh, they're, they're all out in California and they're all drift cars because they're lightweight rear wheel drive, uh, Japanese built cars. And I, I'm just, you can't find them. If you, if you find a stock one, they're 20 grand, 25 grand for a 1980 Corolla. Uh, a lot of them have been modified. So you got, you got that to worry about too but it's just yeah it's it's crazy out there but fun stuff yeah. nonetheless well i did have one cool car you mentioned earlier a volkswagen sirocco mm-hmm. i had a corrado oh, oh yes. yeah yes. that, that yeah, car right. was sweet yep. that was the the successor to the sirocco which was woefully underpowered for what it was replacing it was good power plant built a lot of car around it so I'm, it made it very heavy i'm gonna take a guess at its color yellow no. Oh, There's a lot of yellow ones out there. Green. Green. That's right. This one was red. Red. Okay. Yeah. There you go. All right. It was really cool. And they had the two. They had the VR6 mm-hmm. and they had the G60. And I had the G60. Gotcha. You know, supercharger pulley right. and a chip modification. Sure. And, there you go. You know, That's right. I thought I was so cool. <laughs> that <laughs> is a cool really cars. cool car. And the You'll thing is, it was are, cool for the time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's still a cool car now because you can't find them anywhere. Yeah. They're tough to find. Yeah. It's very hard to find them. So that brings me to a question. This is my gotcha question that I've asked everybody. When you took both of you, when you took your driver's test, what car did you take your driver's test in? So, uh, <laughs> I, this was a 1994 Nissan Sentra, four door. It was red. It was automatic. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the four door Nissan Sentra that I owned at a later point, which is the embarrassing part. But no, that's um, awesome. That's our first Sentra. There you go. Our first Sentra. Yep. There you go. That's right. All right. So. I had to take my driver's test a few times. Okay. <laughs> now, did you did you change cars? Uh, yeah. All right. So yeah. 
You know, I took it so many times. We thought maybe it's the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a lot. Either the car, or the weather. You know. Yeah, of course, of course. Blind so, spots. I think a few times it was it was like I said a Toyota Camry. I had a few of them. They were just the family <laughs> car, and we would rotate in and out of them. And you know, we had a purplish one, a greenish one, the gold one of each. So uh, probably a few times in the Camry. Okay, what did you also take it in? Um, you know, like I said, my dad was in a car, so we always had a fleet Mm -hmm. of whatever he was working on because I don't know if other people do this, but if he was working on a car, he would buy multiples for parts. So we never had just one of whatever he had. It was four or five of whatever he was working on. So there's really no telling. It could have been (laughs) a conversion van at the time, you know. It was more than likely a Camry, some sort of Toyota. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Very cool. I don't think it was the car, though. I'm just, you know, looking back. (laughs) Well, I mean, a two-door Honda Civic. Uh, The 80 Corolla for me, yep. 84 Delta 88. Yep, yep. So he had an aircraft carrier for his driver's (laughs) license. Way to go in those parallel parking. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's That's a lot of steering wheel turn to go. (laughs) I'm pretty good at parallel parking, actually. Work up a sweat on a parallel parking. I think I'm I'm above average when it comes to parallel parking. Well, I do it a lot. You probably push a button and it does it for you. I wish. (laughs) No. (laughs) Parallel parking uh, on Bartertown Road is a challenge. Oh, well, that's true. Yes, it is. I give Uh, you that. You got the pressure of traffic coming at you and everything else. That's right. I'm used to it. Well, Bridget and James, we've hit our 35-minute mark. Any closing comments on this 41 Chevy? Um, I would – so if I were to give anybody advice, um, I would say you're never too young, you're never too old to get into this hobby. Mm -hmm. Um, I think when people see us at car shows, they're always like, wow, you know, where did you get – what's the story? You know, how did you get into this and what are you doing here? Um, when we drive it and people look in and they see us, gosh, they wave kids, kids wave. It's like they're seeing a celebrity. (laughs) It's amazing. And it's so much fun. Mm -hmm. We take it everywhere. We really enjoy it. So I would, anyone who's even thinking about it, they have a little bit of a passion. I would tell them to go for it. Um, to just follow it. It's fun. You can always sell it. I mean, used car prices are, are crazy right now. <laughs> you probably right. come out on the upside. Right. Um, but it, it's something worth getting into. You meet so many good people. Mm-hmm. You know, we hang out with a car club that these guys, we never would have met them if it weren't for this hobby. And we just meet so many good people through this this hobby. And, you know, we have good friends out of it now. And we just, it's so much fun. Yeah. Um, I would also tell people if they do have cars to actually drive them. Um, don't 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 just house them. Don't right. just house I got them. You. Right. Um, they're way more fun if you drive them and you take them out and you can really you know you get those reactions of people seeing you drive down the street and it's just you know have fun. That's what they're there for. So yep. that would be my advice. Yep. I think my advice would be to take your time. Um, so it kind of sounded haphazard that we planned on doing this iron block LS swap and then Craig slides over and shows me the Viper drivetrain and, you know, we go off the deep end, but we did a lot of planning on this project. So we met with Tachyon multiple times. We sat down and we had, I found an old notebook where I've got pages that I went through all the things we wanted to touch, brakes, steering, drivetrain, 
um, and really mapped out what we wanted the end product to look like. So I think, I think that would be my advice is even if you can only do it in phases or increments, mm-hmm. take your time and make sure that where you're driving is where you want to end up at the end of the road. Yep. That's perfect. You'll have a great hot rod project. Absolutely. Nice. I will add one other thing is that that would definitely be that um, if you do, if you are into the cars and you do have kids, I would bring them out because I think I am the way that I am and can appreciate all of the cars because I grew up around it. And I remember being in the junkyard and seeing there was an old world world war two ambulance back there. And it was just the coolest thing because oh, you, know, yeah. you just didn't see them. Um, and there was just all kinds of crazy stuff, and I was just always, you know, with my dad and saw what he was doing, and he would always tell me what he was working on, and we'd always see it. And, you know, at one point, he had swapped out our uh, dining room table for a hood on sawhorses because that's what he was working on at the I time. I got you. Right. Popping dents out of this hood. So, you know, if you do have a family, get them involved because – 30, 40 years from now, they're going to be like, man, my dad had a car like that, right. and I really want one now. Mm-hmm. And so they'll be able to appreciate it, and they'll really enjoy it. And so yeah. I would say just make it a family affair and, and have fun with it. I could not agree more. And, yep, that, and that's something absolutely. we found by a lot of people on here, that, that, that the car community is a big family event. Mm-hmm. It's, not a, it's not like you get some people with new cars that take them out to Cars and Coffee. You get into the older cars, it's a family. You've got mom and dad, and then they're – kids uncles coming over and so i'm glad you brought that up because it's such a big family community out there that uh it definitely needs to be brought touched on it does yeah i mean you you got your ford guys that'll actually encourage your chevy guys who encourage your dodge guys and so on and so forth so i mean now you're exactly right it's 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 a great community out there for sure most definitely uh well bridget james thank you all this has been great we Thoroughly enjoyed the conversation and love to have you back. Love the story. Love the story. That's exactly right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And for our listeners, remember to check out our website, theclassiccarcorner.com. If you're looking to get your classic car appraised or need any pre-purchase inspections on any car of interest, I'd welcome the opportunity to help you. My contact information is jason at gdherring.com. Remember to check out autobiotags.com. Every car has a story. Be sure to tell yours. If you're looking for classic car storage, look no further than Bernheim Car Club. Please check them out at BernheimCarClub.com. If you are looking for collector parts, check out CPX at CollectorPartExchange.com. And thank you for listening and happy motoring from your friends here at the Classic Car Corner Podcast.